Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, welcome to the One Organized Mama podcast. My name is Janelle, and I am One Organized Mama. Episode number 44, Fridges, Freezers, and Pantries. If you've been listening to the One Organized Mama podcast for a while, perhaps you've come across an episode, episode number four to be specific, on kitchen organization. Well, to date, it is the most listened to episode of my podcast. And for that, I am so, so grateful. So thank you so much because I see that in my top spot and it just makes me super happy that so many people have listened to that episode. So this episode was inspired by so much interest that I had in that episode Also, because so many of you have reached out over the past few months with your questions and kitchens is definitely something that is on your minds. It's definitely a space in your home that you have a lot of questions about when it comes to organization. So this episode is dedicated to those of you who've sent me those DMs and those emails. And lastly, this episode is inspired because this is about five days before Christmas at the time of recording, and I've been in my kitchen a lot lately. I mean, I am in my zone. (laughs) I love to cook, and I love to holiday bake. Well, I wouldn't say I super love it because it's exhausting and it feels a little overwhelming, but this year... I discovered Pinterest. And yeah, it's 2020. So yeah, I realize I'm a little behind the curve, a little bit of a late bloomer when it comes to Pinterest. But this is what I discovered about Pinterest. Well, I I real I mean obviously I've known about Pinterest, but I just never used it. And then in a having something like one organized mama, I've had business mentors and coaches that are like, "Why are you not on Pinterest?" And I'm like, "I don't know." I don't use it. So I started using it this year and I was like, wait a second, this is pretty awesome. It's like a Google search, but then I get to organize my searches because what I would normally do is I would go on Google and I'd find a recipe and I would text it to myself. So I had it for future reference. And then I was like, why don't I just create boards on Pinterest? This is way easier. And so a few months ago, while I was sort of learning Pinterest for One Organized Mama, I was like, this is awesome. I can find my holiday cooking recipes on here and create my little boards and organize them for myself. And that's exactly what I've done. And so the past two days have been my big baking days because over the next few days are my delivering days where I deliver baked goods to friends and family and clients and different people in our community. 
And I've been blessed to have a sister who's a phenomenal and talented baker. And so she's been by my side and we've both been in the kitchen working what seems like endless hours and my feet are sore and the roof of my mouth is super raw because like I'll take these tasty treats from the hot oven and I can't help myself but pop something in my mouth to give it a quick try. So if I'm talking more funny than normal, it's because the roof of my mouth is super raw right now. So forgive me. But anyway, I'm sure some of you out there are like, well, what recipes are you trying this year? Well, let me tell you, I found some good ones for holiday baking. Number one, super fun, yummy one, especially for kids. Kids love it. Are the Grinch cookies. They're like cake cookies. And then you put the little candy, candy melt red heart. So they're green. So the, the, you add green food coloring. And then they're kind of a crackly cookie. And then you put a little red heart in the center. Super cute. The next one was like a blast from the past with my childhood. And it's the cornflake wreath cookies. It's like it's like a, a Rice Krispie treat, but with cornflakes shaped like a wreath. Again, green food coloring. And then you let the kids sort of decorate and put the little red holly berries that are the red hots or whatever, little sprinkles on the wreath wreath cookies. Again, having a little trouble with the mouth here. Um, another one I found, oh my goodness, it's the Neiman Marcus chocolate chip cookie recipe. Phenomenal. It has oats and it has bittersweet chocolates and it has Hershey's bar, like chunks of Hershey's bars and walnuts. I added walnuts. Oh my gosh. Unbelievable. Um, let me think what else. Oh, the classic um, thumbprint ones, the jam thumbprint. Again, super easy. Kids love that one. You roll them in little balls. You press them down with a little measuring spoon to make an indentation, bake them, add a little jam, bake them a little bit longer, and then they're just pretty. They're, they're super pretty to hand out and super yummy. But the one thing, <laughs> probably my favorite and probably why the roof of my mouth is completely raw is because of Christmas crack. If any of you have tried Christmas crack, you know what I'm talking Well, I don't know. Maybe it's not for everybody, but it is <laughs> definitely something that is very addicting. I had it a few years at a friend's house. I was like, what is this? This is amazing. She's like, it's the easiest recipe ever. So as I was doing my search for holiday recipes, it definitely popped up. And so I was like, oh, let me give that a try. It's pretty easy. So if you've never tried Christmas crack, here's how it goes. You line a sheet with foil. And then again, kids, if you have kids, little helpers in the kitchen, perfect. You line up a bunch of saltine crackers. And while they're doing that, you go over the stove and you make a caramel. And it's not like a, a actual caramel. It's like caramel-like sauce. It's just butter, brown sugar. Bring it to a boil. Add, a, I think, like a teaspoon of vanilla. Um, and then pour that all over those saltine crackers. You have your oven ready, piping hot, stick that nice little mixture in the oven, and then it starts to boil and bubble even more. And I think it's only in for like five minutes. Pull it out, and then you sprinkle your favorite chocolate chips all over the top. 
And I just use the Toll House like semi-sweet chocolate chips. And you just sprinkle them all over and then just use a little spreader and those chocolate chips just melt right into that like caramely goodness all over the pan. And then you can add whatever toppings you want. And I kind of kept it simple. I just chopped up a bunch of pecans and sprinkled those over the top and then just took some really fun Christmassy festive sprinkles and sprinkled those over the top too. And I couldn't help myself. I waited till it cooled down a little bit. <laughs> and then I had to try one. I was like, oh my gosh, when it's like still really warm and melty and my mouth is watering right now, really good. And then you put it in the fridge overnight. I'm not going to lie. I may have gone and snuck another little piece before bed last night. And then in the morning, it's like really hard. And so you flip it upside down, take peel off the foil, turn it back over, and then you just cut into big chunks. And it's like a like a peanut brittle or something. So it's uneven um, pieces. Put it in a bag and it makes a phenomenal, fun little gift to give anyone in your life who just has a bit of a sweet tooth. So Christmas crack. And if I could get my mouth to stop watering for just like a second. But anyway, super loving Pinterest. <laughs> Why I didn't jump on that bandwagon before? I don't know. But anyway, um, super loving being able to organize my recipes. Super loving being in the kitchen right now and giving my friends, family, neighbors, anyone that will accept these goodies for me a little love because again, I just love to cook. I just love to create in the kitchen. So again, I've been in my fridge, freezer, and pantry quite a bit. And again, I'm going to repeat myself a little bit from episode four, but not just episode four. I'm also going to be repeating myself a bit from other episodes. And it's not because I want to super annoy you. It's because sometimes we have to hear things over and over and over before they really stick with us and then we start to apply them to our lives. So just forgive me for repeating some of this. But if you haven't heard this before, let me just back up a little bit and explain a little bit about how I teach organization. I use a combination of tools and techniques. Now, these are things that most organized people do or most professional organizers do or teach as well. I've just put them into a few steps four steps, in fact. So the four steps are step one, declutter and sort. Declutter, pretty self-explanatory. Sorting, I want you to just think of grouping like items together. That's what sorting means. Step two, create a zone. This is space planning. This, this That's another kind of catchphrase. But the best way that I want you to think about create a zone is a home for every item in your home. And if it doesn't have a home, that's what create a zone is. I want you to create that home. Step three is label and contain. And I have a bit of notes down here on my papers to talk about when it comes to step three and fridges, freezers, and pantries. And step four is teach and maintain. What does that mean? Well, to me, 
It's the most important step of the organizing process because it is a cycle of steps one, two, and three and how you implement them in your home and in your life. So organization is a process. Organization is about setting up a system in your house. And that's why I like to call this the One Organized Mama System. All right, so let's get started and kind of dive in here. Step one, declutter and sort. All right, fridges, freezers, and pantries definitely, definitely need to be decluttered on a regular basis. In fact, ideally, this is how I would have you declutter those three spaces. And it's 100% what I do in my own home. I am the one who does most of the grocery shopping in our home. And it's probably because I just don't trust anyone else. Again, I'm the cook. I love to cook. I cook frequently for my family. And it's not because I'm super mom or super wife or super anything. It's because I just love to cook. So I like to know what my ingredients are. I like to actually go pick stuff out and all of that. So I am the one that goes to do the shopping because there's no way I can trust my husband with that kind of responsibility. I just can't. He is not a cook and he, I'll ask for lettuce and I'll get back cabbage. So I do the grocery shopping. But what I do enlist my family to do is that they are my helpers in bringing in the groceries. So we have a system. I call them when I'm like five minutes out from the grocery store. I'm like all hands on deck to get ready, bring in the groceries. I actually don't help them bring in the groceries. I get a head start with decluttering. So we're kind of a well-oiled machine when it comes to this. So as they're bringing in the groceries, I've opened the fridge, the freezer, and the pantry. I have the trash bin nearby, and I'm just going through, and I'm doing a quick declutter. I am have a, a, a wet towel there to wipe down icky, sticky spaces and shelves, and I am emptying out you know, old leftovers and putting those containers in the sink. I'm going through the... Um, tortilla chip bags that have only crumbs. And apparently people think that in my house, like we're going to eat those or whatever. So they keep it open or the boxes of stale crackers that have been sitting there and they just weren't able to like fold down those little flaps, but whatevs. And also the freezer, because sometimes, even though I'm pretty good with the freezer, sometimes something will get stuck way in the back. And I'm like, what on earth is this? or it's been in there for a while or leaked or something. So it gets tossed. So again, in an ideal situation, that is going to be part of your normal routine is that you are going to do do the decluttering every time you shop. And you don't have to spend a lot of time. You don't have to go through every single shelf, every single drawer, every single cabinet. This is just sort of a quick, let me get the easy stuff out, dump this stuff out, do a quick wipe down, before I put away the new groceries. So if that's just not something that you're able to quite implement yet, just keep it in the back of your mind. Also, I want you to take an assessment of your space. Because I know some of you out there just may not even be to that point quite yet, and you may need just a little bit more help. So here's how I want you to tackle that. I want you to 
bite off some kind of small pieces here. And this is how you're going to do it. I want you to commit about 20 minutes at least one time per week until you get this these areas under control. And you're going to either put 20 minutes on a timer on your phone and just focus on one shelf or two shelves if they're pretty small shelves and just go through and just declutter. You don't have to worry about lining everything up. Just go through and declutter things. Check expiration dates or if things have been opened and have now gone stale or whatever. Or maybe you're going through your spices. So you're just going through one small area. Or you're going through your freezer and you're kind of just going through and checking again dates. How long has stuff been in there? Um, One quick note about the spices. This is a great time to sort of combine those jars if you have you know, two paprika jars. And um, I tend to do this a lot, like I'll buy a second jar and I won't realize that I still have the the old one first. So you can kind of combine them and then toss and kind of free up some space. So that's what you're doing during a declutter. And I don't need you to do all of them. Again, just focus on one space at a time. And if that feels overwhelming, just use a timer and just declutter what you can within the 20 minutes. When the timer dings, toss the stuff that you've gotten rid of, get rid of it, close the doors, or if you need to do a quick wipe down, and then walk away because I know it can get very, very overwhelming. So again, I just want you to keep it very simple when it comes to decluttering. Don't overthink it and don't get too stressed out about it. Step number two, creating a zone. Again, this is a home for every item in your home. So everything in your home should have a place where it belongs. So when I'm teaching you the 20-minute tidy routine that you're doing every day, I don't want you just to move stuff from one spot to another. I want it to actually have a place where it belongs. So when it comes to creating a zone in your fridge, freezer, and pantry, don't overthink this. My pantry generally is the one of the three spaces that's a little bit more organized. I feel like I have a little bit more space with this, like the canned goods are together and I kind of group them like veggies versus beans versus tuna fish. And they're kind of in little areas. And I try to do the thing where oldest in the front and the new ones in the back. Same thing with the cereals. I do like the cereal containers and I'll get to that in just a minute. Um, I like the grab and go snacks. I'll open packages of that and put it just like in a basket. And my baking stuff is all together. And then large appliances is at the top. Fridge and freezer. I'm going to be honest with you on this. I do not stress about making sure everything has a spot in the fridge or freezer. I have kids. I have a husband. I have myself. Like I will grab a jar of mustard and I'll just put it back on the shelf. Does it really matter if it's like the third shelf and it's the second from the right? No, my gosh, my gosh. I hope and pray that no one is spending that much of your time, your most precious resource in life, worrying about where the jar of mustard goes in your fridge. 
And I know some people get a little too obsessed about this and stuff and and everything. Um, and if you do see a fridge on my Instagram, I freely admit, we stage those for photos 100%. If I'm taking a photo of a client's fridge or of my fridge, it's like a minimum of a one hour little mini photo shoot because I have taken everything out. I'm not going to show you like the gross jar of salsa that's like that's like, you know, icky at top. I'm not going to put that in an Instagram photo. I am going to really kind of stage it to prove a point or to get you to stop scrolling on Instagram and spend a few seconds on One Organized Mama. Freely admit, my fridge doesn't look like that. And very rarely do any of my clients' fridges look like that. Again, I don't want you spending that much time. You have friends, you have family, you have a life. Go out there and live it. It doesn't matter where the jar of mustard goes in your fridge. So don't overstress, don't overthink when it comes to zoning your fridge. There are obvious zones anyway. Most of us put the produce in the produce drawers. Most of us put jarred and bottled things on the door panel. And obviously there's stuff that goes in the freezer that can only belong in the freezer. So again, as far as creating a zone, just make sure it's in there and that you can see it so that when you go to step one and you're doing some decluttering, you're not having to super stress about it. That's pretty easy to spot things out and find stuff and also help you from overbuying, which I tend to do sometimes when it comes to kitchen stuff. So again, creating a zone, don't overstress it, especially when it comes to the fridge and freezer. You have a little bit more success if you have space in your pantry to kind of zone different things. Step number three, label and contain. So I've received these messages through Instagram and people will send me emails and ask me questions. And a lot of the questions that I get asked, especially when it comes to kitchens, are what kind of containers, like what kind of labels and containers should I be buying? So let's talk about that for just a moment. Here is my opinion when it comes to containers for the kitchen in general. They should just be clear, clear containers. If you get the OXO pop-top containers, those are fantastic. I have a lot of those. I also love mason jars. I also love the ball jars. I hope I'm saying that right. They come in all different shapes and varieties and sizes. Um, Quite frankly, like I I just love kind of jars in general. So I'm kind of a collector of jars. So I'll collect them for spices. And I do like to empty content sometimes, not every time. I don't super stress about it. But like this time of year, when I'm doing a lot of baking and cooking, I am sort of working my way through the flours and the sugars and all of that kind of stuff. So I'm sort of using the old um, before I use the new and then refilling all of those clear containers in my kitchen. I don't use a lot of containers in my fridge or freezer. In fact, I don't have any containers in my freezer. I had to stop to think about that for a second. What I am kind of okay with in the fridge, there are some clear fridge containers. I think InterDesign 
might have some. And those are great for like cheeses or separating lunch meats and that type of thing. But again, it's it's not really necessary. Fridges in general, again, it's probably one of the most visited spots in our home. Throughout the day, it gets open and closed. Everyone in our family is in our refrigerator. And so why stress your yourself out by having all these things, these containers in there that you're going to have to wash and nobody's ever going to put the cheeses back right. Like that's what happens. Like I have one container for cheeses and they always put the lunch meat back in there. Again, I, it, yeah, it kind of bugs me, but you know what? I mean, again, life is too short to worry about that kind of stuff. So I don't super stress when it comes to the containers, but you want to know the number one container that I think is phenomenal for fridges and freezers and I use all of the time, it's Ziploc baggies. Ziploc baggies I use all of the time. I divide like big Costco hauls of chicken or beef or fish or whatever into Ziploc bags. I label and date it with a Sharpie marker. And also for my fridge, it's great to label um, the baggies on. So if I can just write what the contents are and the date and stick it in my fridge or freezer, ideal. As far as labels, one of the things that I keep in one of my uh, drawers with a pair of scissors and again, a Sharpie marker are post-it notes. And those are perfect for containers of food and stuff. So if I'm doing some meal planning, if I'm really on it, I will just use some post-it notes to write down what the meal is and what the date was that I prepared it. And also for leftovers too. Sometimes if I'm going out of town and I really want the kids and the husband to eat something, I'll you know write it on there because they're more likely to eat it than just having these stacked containers of quote-unquote weird food uh, in the fridge. So keep it simple. Ziploc baggies, a Sharpie marker, and some post-it notes really, really are all you need for containers and labels when it comes to the fridge and the freezer. Now let's talk about the pantry for a second because this is where I will invest some money in some containers. Again, clear, clear containers. And I'm not a super matchy person, so I don't need all my containers like the same size or the same um, brand. I like actually kind of a hodgepodge in a mix. So I like, again, the OXO pop tops. I use those for my cereals because I feel like they hold the normal, whatever the normal size box of cereals, though I can dump an entire one into one of the OXO cereal containers and it works great. Keeps the cereal fresh. It's awesome. I love the jars with just the lids that lift off and I put all different kinds of stuff in those. I put like cookie cutters, I put um, cookie sprinkles and all of those different things where you can just lift it off and pick out and it keeps the dust out and stuff. And um, I live in the desert, so things get really dusty really quick. So that way I don't have to rewash everything every year. Um, Again, in the pantry, clear, because let's talk about labels for a second. Does everything need to be labeled in your pantry? No. I, in fact, it's kind of become a pet peeve of mine when 
I see a pantry and it's rice and it just says rice. I'm like, yeah, I know we can figure out it's rice. Or it says Cheerios. Because here's the reality of it. Unless like you buy the same kind of Cheerios and you always buy Cheerios, are you really gonna, like what happens with the day that you buy like Raisin Bran? Are you gonna put it in the Cheerios container? I wouldn't. And do you really need to label cereal? Cereal? I mean, if it's in a clear container, you can see it. You can tell what kind of cereal it is. So although I know it's very trendy to put labels on everything in a pantry like dried cherries and all of that thing, it really is unnecessary except for a few different things. If the items look similar, for instance, salt and sugar, then it's okay to put labels to distinguish them. And you can put labels on the top of containers or on the bottom. So if you're kind of being picky and it's either all labels or no labels, but you really do kind of need to distinguish some items, again, don't forget that most containers have a top and a bottom, so you can kind of hide them on there. The other thing when it comes to labels is if you do put the rices in, if you cut out, so like the bag of rice, you can pour into the clear container, hopefully, and then you can just cut out the cut the, the cooking instructions. And you can do a couple of things with this. I generally just put it in with the rice. And so it's just this little square of plastic. So when I go to cook the rice, I can just refer back to the cooking instructions because I can never remember how much water you put in when you cook rice. So, and I know every different type of rice has like a different formula. So anyway, I just keep that right kind of on top um, of the rice. And so when I open the container, I always have the instructions there. If you go to Office Max Office Depot, you have to kind of look, they're hard to find, but they are these sticky business card holders. And again, pretty hard to find, but they are clear and they fit a business card size label in them. So they don't work for every container, but those are also great if you want to have like labels that you change out or again, the cooking instructions. It works really great just to tuck that inside and have those handy so that you can just do the clear containers, but yet still have the cooking instructions with them. So that's something to consider. All right. If the other thing to consider when it comes to labeling, because again, I don't think everything needs to be labeled, is like something in a situation of different types of flowers. So again, for I have um, friends out there that they bake all different kinds. They have cake flour and AP flour and wheat flour. And sometimes those are a little bit hard to distinguish. So again, just like the salt and the sugar, if you have items that are very similar, it's okay to label them. It's okay to label all of your stuff. You don't you don't have to do exactly what I say, but I'm just trying to give you some guidelines here, okay? And then the other and final reason why I would label or when I do label something, it's when something is homemade. Generally speaking, if we have something that we've that's homemade, it's probably more perishable than the stuff that we buy in the supermarket. We 
don't have all the same preservative and preservatives and everything when we put something in a jar or a container. So if it's something that is homemade, say some homemade spaghetti sauces that you've jarred or canned, or some homemade granola or different types of cereals or trail mix, those are probably something that you're going to want to label. So again, you can label them with just the date and what the contents are, or whatever, again, putting on the, the label on the bottom of the container or on the top if you want things to look uniform in your pantry. But again, think clear containers when purchasing containers for your pantry. I promise you it will just make life a lot more simpler. And so many of them are dishwasher safe. So I'm a big one that just puts everything in the dishwasher. And you can have a little bit of creativity with it. Like I said, I don't like everything matchy-matchy. I like to have a little bit of different types and styles of containers in my pantry. All right. Step number four, teach and maintain. Again, this is simply the repeat and the cycle of steps one, two, and three. So you need to maintain your space. Once you really kind of get your fridge, freezers, and pantries decluttered where you're like, okay, this is manageable. I've pretty much everything in there is something that I can use. I can eat. It's stuff that it can, does not need to be thrown away right now. Then you've reached that threshold of, okay, I'm done with the decluttering. And then I want you to consider maintaining that space and the way I'm teaching you that and that you're going to teach the others in your home that is by setting up some systems. So now that you've decluttered it, every time you shop, you're going to go through, you're going to do the same routine that I do, do a declutter, wipe down before you put the new contents away. If you get something that's new, you're going to create a zone for it. So it's going to have a place where it belongs. And then you're going to keep up with those labels and containers. So if some get cracked or broken or time to replace them, you now know when you go out there, you're only going to focus on buying the clear containers. And it's easy to replace too. That's the other thing about clear. Clear can go with anything. You don't have to worry about like the blues matching or the greens or whatever. Clear always matches with other clear items. You never have to worry about not being able to find something again, unless it's like the shape. Because I I noticed like OXO recently changed some of the shapes of their containers. But clear goes with clear. So don't overthink that. All right. Now, one last thing that I wanted to address that I, as a professional organizer, have encountered in so many different kitchens and it is like a pet peeve of mine. I promise I don't have this in my own home. I haven't had it in my own home. Are junk drawers. Do not have a junk drawer. Here are some quick tips on getting rid of a junk drawer in your home, in your kitchen. Number one, if you have a junk drawer, it better only be one. You do not need multiple junk drawers in any room of your house. But here's how I want you to focus on a junk drawer. I want you to spend, you don't have to put a timer on for this because I want you to do this from start to finish. I want you to get a box of Ziploc baggies and a Sharpie marker. I want you to go over to your junk drawer 
And with the trash, with your trash bag, I want you to take out all of the contents, put them on the counter in front of you. I want you to pick out all the icky pieces of trash and broken things and things that you have no idea what they belong to, but they've been in there since 1993 and I want you to toss them. And then, because you have everything on the counter in front of you, I want you to group like items together. So do you see, do you see a pattern here? Step one, you're tossing, you're decluttering, and then you're sorting, grouping like items together. Once you've done that, everything is going to have a home. Remember that box of Ziploc baggies, sandwich size usually works great with this. That is going to be the home for every little group of items. So those paper clips and those thumbtacks and those batteries, screwdrivers, business cards, whatever it is, they're going to go inside a baggie. If you really need to label them, go for it again. Sharpie marker is good enough. And then I want you to wipe out the drawer and then I want you to put the items back. So do you see declutter, creating a zone, and then label and contain, and then teach and maintain you're going to teach yourself and your family that everything in that drawer has a home. So if they're looking for a pen, it's going to be in one of the baggies. They're looking for a paper clip, it's in one of the baggies. And when they're putting something in there, it better go inside one of those baggies. Okay, no more junk drawers. All right. We've been talking a lot about kitchens in this episode. I told you about those delicious Pinterest recipes and those cookies that I made, right? Are you a little hungry? I am. <laughs> and I've, I don't know if you noticed, but my mouth is still kind of watering. And I think I've had a, a few stomach growls during this episode. But again, I just want to tell you, take a quick minute before we end about Home Chef. If you haven't tried Home Chef and you've been interested in trying one of those boxed subscription meals, definitely give Home Chef a try. And for your first box, I can get you $35 off. All you have to do is use the code JanelleR17 at checkout. It's J-A-N-E-L-R-17 and enter that code at checkout you will get $35 off your first Home Chef box. Give it a try and see what you think. It's kind of fun. So if you are like me and you like to cook, it might be right up your alley. But I just want to thank you guys for listening to this episode of the One Organized Mama podcast. Like I've said before, I mean it. I truly, truly mean it. Send me those emails. Follow me on Instagram. Go take a look at what I'm starting to do on Pinterest. Give me a follow over there. And if you're ever interested in taking a class in time management, paperwork, or decluttering, shoot me an email or my one-on-one coaching program, which I'm starting in 2021, shoot me an email at oneorganizedmama at gmail.com. I would love to give you more info answer your questions and all of that. So thank you again for listening to this episode of the One Organized Mama podcast.